0: All right, my friends, I need you all to close your eyes and picture this. No, really, unless you're driving or doing something important. Okay, imagine this, a day filled with music, engaging conversations about dating and partnership and loads of fun. You liking that vibe? Well, you're in luck. Mark your calendars for Saturday, October 21st, 2023, because Black Love Inc. is bringing you their highly anticipated annual marquee event to Atlanta. Look, it's early. Make your plans. You need to get to the ATL. Celebrating six years of fostering love, unity, and growth within the Black community, this year's summit promises to be bigger and better than ever. Black Love has got a star-studded lineup of high-profile talent, signature panels, and compelling conversations that will leave you inspired and empowered. Founded by the visionaries behind the Black Love docuseries and my friends, Tommy and Cody Elaine Oliver, this event brings together renowned couples from the show and talented individuals from the extended Black Love family. Join us as we dive into candid and honest conversations about love, partnership, and building a thriving community. All right, go back to your imagination. You know you don't want that FOMO, friends. Don't miss out on this chance to connect with like-minded individuals by the wisdom and experiences shared at Black Love Summit. Grab your tickets now at blacklove.com summit and get ready for a day of celebration and community. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to another episode of Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network. And I'm your host, Cherie Sims, mama to six beautiful heavens, ages 13, 12, 10, 8, and twin five year olds. I'm an early educator, a wife to Professor Hiram Sims, and Los Angeles Public Library's commissioner. That's my husband. And I am here to talk all things parenting with you guys because. Life is a beautiful thing, and I feel like we grow up, we choose our careers, we get our strengths and challenges, and then we have kids and they turn our lives upside down. <laughs> and sometimes raising children can feel like the imbalance to our lives or the imbalance to our like joy and our strengths and our happiness, and all of us deserve to live a life of peace and prosperity. So I am here to support you in your parenting journey so that you can find more joy and peace in this beautiful journey of parenting and i like to do this by starting with the peak and pit of my day this is something that i do with my family that helps me to get to know what's happening in my family's days a little bit more than just how was your day it allows me to really hear the best part of their day the worst part of their day And allows me a window into understanding like where are some things we may need to talk about more, explore more, heal from and repair a little bit more. So it's a great thing to do and I encourage you to do it with your family as well. And because I consider you all family and friends, I like to start out each episode sharing my peak and pit of my day with you. So the peak of my day is that it is absolutely beautiful out here in Southern California, Los Angeles, and I got to spend a moment at the beach today. Beach was beautiful. Breeze was beautiful. The blue was beautiful. So that's the peak of my day today is just enjoying this great, sunny SoCal weather. And the pit of my day was in the morning, waking up, getting my kids ready and getting ready to walk out the door when my child tells me she still has homework to do. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You got homework when it's time to go? So as you all can imagine, that was definitely the pit of my day. But I am thankful for that pit today because it serves as a reminder that this child in particular needs a little bit more structure, specifically when it comes to her homework, but also in other areas of life. And I'm sharing this because I think a lot of times we show up to these parenting podcasts, we do the workshops or webinars or read the parenting books, and we are looking for so many scripts and tips and like these one-way directions of how we can meet our parenting goals. And I recognize that, especially with having six children or a class full of children, there is often different routes that I need to take with different children, And sometimes that might be considered different styles of parenting or educating children. I like to consider it as different tools, right? It's like the implementation is different while the core values are the same. So I want to talk to you a little bit today because I do hear that struggle in parenting often. Either we have different children or the one child that we have is a little different from the children that are being talked about on the podcasts or with these scripts. And especially when we think about gentle parenting. So many of us still have this idea that it's like this soft spoken voice and we have to be so patient and kind and gentle with our children all the time. And we're like, "Uh uh-uh, that ain't working for my child. (laughs) Like, they need the more stern voice. They need a little bit more sturdy in their lives than all this gentle. I don't know if I can do this. So today we're going to talk about, like, how do we implement these different things while keeping our, our core values and recognizing what style or approach works best for us and our children? And when I say us and our children, I say that because, again, I've worked with parents where I might make the suggestion of, How about you turn putting shoes on into a game and then they'll, you know, your child is developmentally at a stage where they really like to play. So make it a game. And the parent will look at me and be like, no, I'm not fun like that. (laughs) Like I don't do games like that. And doing games is very hard for me. And I think that's a really important thing to know about yourself because you cannot execute something well if it's not something that like vibes with you. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I've had that feedback from my own producer here on the podcast where I'm like, maybe we can talk about this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really I don't really know that that seems kind of boring to me. And he's like, well, don't talk about it. <laughs> like, if you're not connected to it, it's going to be felt it's not going to go well. We're not going to have a good episode. So if you're not feeling that, don't talk about that. And I'm saying the same to you when it comes to parenting styles or approaches rather is like if you're not feeling the approach until you can practice it to master it or make it feel natural, it's not going to work for you because the child's going to feel it. You're going to feel it. You're not going to have the energy to implement it because it's so hard because it is not naturally you, right? Maybe you are not naturally the stern voice parent. Maybe you are not naturally the playful parent. And so it can become really discouraging when people are telling you to do things that aren't naturally you, or maybe it is naturally you, but your child is not responsive to it. So we're going to talk a little bit today about like, how do we figure out the best approach to use with our children? How do I know how to navigate through this or, or manage the different children that I have? And to talk about this, we're going to go through five steps, right? Five might sound like a lot. Bear with me. Grab your notepad if you can. Otherwise, take mental notes. Come back to it later so you can take notes with it. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to establish our values. If you look at any parenting style, intentional parenting, gentle parenting, authoritarian parenting, permissive parenting, there are always core values in those parenting styles. So for you, in your home, establish what your values are. And I'm going to give you a few examples of my values, just so that you understand what I mean when I'm saying values. And I I trust that you probably already understand, but I'm a teacher and I can't help but to give some examples. So for me, as you've probably heard, safety is a huge value of mine, that people are safe mentally, emotionally, physically safe. Respect. Respect is a value of mine. Responsibility and repair. Repair is actually a huge value and one I encourage you to have because in life, especially in this generation where we're like, normalize mistakes, normalize getting up and doing it again. A huge part of normalizing that and being able to do that is also in the ability to know that you can repair. Most likely when you make a mistake, While your intention was good, there was an impact that broke something somewhere. It might have been trust, might have been a bone. I don't know. Maybe you tried a cartwheel and it didn't go well. Whatever it is, repair is a part of my values because I think that in order to be bold enough and courageous enough to try knowing that failure may be underneath you, knowing that a mistake might be in front of you, or just being human, And knowing that like I'm trying to do my best with this parenting thing or my job or wherever else, but sometimes I only got 10% and in my 10% of energy ability to show up in the way I want to, I'm going to make some mistakes because I don't have 100, I don't even have 50%. But in order for that to be okay for me, I have to know how to repair. So repair is a huge part of my values. And the last one I would share is like love and care. Generally, when children are in my presence, in my home, in my classroom, I want love to always be at the forefront. I want these children to always know that they are loved. They are love. They give love and care along with that love. Like I want them to trust that their needs are going to be met, that they can meet their needs, that I can meet my needs. Right. We're going to be taken care of. And then think about like what values do you want to instill in your child? For me, it's the same exact values. I want to instill safety, respect, responsibility, repair, love, and care in my children. So I model these things. But these things, knowing that these are my foundations and these are my values, it helps me to get there in different ways. I've used the analogy before of like a freeway, right? I live in LA. I work in Santa Monica. It's about 30 minutes from where I live, right? And there are 10 different ways that I know in my head of how I can get to work. And I know which routes are going to take me there faster. I know which routes are going to have traffic at what time. And knowing these different ways to get there helps me to get there. But at the end of the day, it's one destination that I'm getting to, but 10 different ways that I can get there. Parenting is the same when we know our values that we want to have in our household and that we want to instill in our children. We know the value and now we're finding the different roads to get there. And for different children, the roads look different. And for different children, you may have more traffic on the road with one child than you do with another child. Some children you can get on the freeway with them. It's cool. Some children, nope, got to have a lot of stop signs, a lot of red lights, a lot of time and that requires more patience, but It just is what it is. Those are our children. And we have to know the roads that we take with our children. And to do that, we go to step number two, which is to observe and understand our children. Observing our child, obvious, just watch them. Take note of what they're doing. I remember when my oldest daughter was nine months old. I was feeding her that little baby food with the spoon, and I would put the food in her mouth. This child, nine months old, would spit the baby food out of her mouth so that she could take the spoon and feed herself. So at nine months old, she showed me already that she was the type of child who really craved independence. She was the type of child who was a go-getter and going to get stuff done, and she was going to want to figure it out on her own. And this was important for me to realize because she was also the child who, if at four years old, something needed to be opened. If I opened it, I'm going to irritate the hell out of this child because this child is interested in learning how to open it herself. And when she comes to me for help, right, the end goal, of the road is this needs to be open. The destination for this child is I'm asking you to teach me how to open it. I'm not asking you how to open it. So it was important for me to understand what type of child this is. And when I talk about observing them and understanding them, you're also starting to understand what type of learner they are. Some children learn by watching you. Some children learn through trial and error and hands-on. Some children learn by you walking them through it step-by-step. And again, like even going back to the pit of my day with my child saying, oh, I got homework to do, right? I got one child who it's, let me let me help you, the oldest child, the nine-month-old who spit the food out, that's the child who it looks like, let's go to Staples and buy all of what you need for your homework study station, right? Buy it, she's going to go and create her station. This child who's like, I have homework to do, that's the child who it's like, let's go to Staples, pick this stuff out, put it in the cart, let's buy it now, let's take it home, we're going to set it up here, put this here, put your timer here, put your calendar here, this child is now from this time to this time is when we're going to have to study, this time to this time is when you break, this time to this time is when we're going to check to make sure it's all done, right? This child needs more of an outline, (laughs) more boundaries, more support in getting to the goal, and she craves it. This child is also someone who's, <laughs> I'm I'm laughing y'all because I was going to call her a wild card. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh, this child is me. <laughs> like, this is literally what I've heard about myself is this child is a little more unpredictable in what she's going to do. She likes to just kind of take life with the wind and, and enjoy it. And I love that about her. But when it comes to meeting goals, She needs more structure. Calling all black singles and couples, get ready for the ultimate live experience in Atlanta. The date? Saturday, October 21st, 2023, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Don't miss out on the Black Love Summit, presented by Black Love Inc. It's Black Love's sixth year of bringing together love, unity, and growth within the black community. This summit is bigger and better than ever, taking over Atlanta with high profile talent, signature panels, and compelling conversations that will leave you inspired. Join the creators of the Black Love docuseries, Tommy and Cody Elaine Oliver, and immerse yourself in candid discussions about love, wellness, entrepreneurship, partnership, and community building. This event is all about empowerment and connection, so be a part of the movement and grab your tickets to the Black Love Summit today. Don't wait. Experience the magic of Black Love in Atlanta. Head to blacklove.com/summit to grab your tickets now. So for one child who has shown me her whole life that she is very independent and structured, she actually needs less structure because I'm messing with the way that she builds structure. For this other child that enjoys life in a different way, she needs more structure and she values more structure because she can't find it on her own. And without that structure, she's going to go too sideways, right? And this also takes us to considering their temperament. Some of my children are super social children. Some of my children are very to themselves. This also helps me know how I'm going to get to the goal. Some of my children are more sensitive. So I know that a certain tone of voice isn't going to work with them. And when I say tone of voice, like, it actually reminds me of a reel that I posted where I'm talking to my child and I'm like, oh, nope, that's not going to work. We're going to wait for you to be safe before you go on. And somebody else you know, commented and they're like, oh, no, I would have been way more stern with them. If I had been more stern with that child in particular, I would have lost her. I would have just she would have gone into fight and flight mode. She would have fought me more. She wouldn't have heard what I was saying because for her a more calm and confident tone works for her. My, my other child, I need to put a little more bass in my voice with her <laughs> because she's so busy having a good time having fun that she's not going to hear me and she actually needs like the little jolt in her body to let her know it's time to listen. Now at the bottom of both of these children, I'm still showing respect to them. I don't need to yell at either one of them. We still have that aspect of respect as a value, but I do need to approach them differently. Some children, I actually have to put a hand on their body to get their attention to talk to them. Some children, we got to make eye contact. Some children, I can just tell them from across the room what's going on. Knowing their temperament helps me to know what is going to trigger them and what's not going to trigger them? What type, what tone of voice is going to trigger them? What tone of voice is going to get their attention? What body language is going to trigger them? What body language is going to get their attention and cooperation? You know I'm all for cooperation. And also watching what frustrates them. In your observations with them, start to notice what frustrates them. And you do this very early on, even when they're playing with toys. When I talk about frustrations, I'm not just talking about what you do that frustrates them notice how they play with their toys and what frustrates them for one of my children it frustrates them anytime someone interrupts the game it's it's hard for me to explain i'm thinking about when they like laid out all their dolls sitting down and then somebody wanted to play with them and they made one of the dolls stand up they lost it they were like no these dolls are supposed to be sitting right now but that's because they have such a strong vision in their mind with them you got to tell them from front to start what everything is going to look like. You cannot leave gaps or gray. Again, I'm respecting them. I'm leaving space for them to do what they do. But when I am talking to them and leading about instructions on what we're about to do or what the day is going to look like, I know that they need point A to Z what this is going to look like. If I don't outline it for them exactly, they're going to get really frustrated with any surprises during the day. My other child, they might not need to know A to Z. They just need to know where we're going. They're good. They're good with the surprises and the flow. So step number three, this is a little bit of a tricky one. I'm a total advocate for gentle or what's also known as authoritative parenting. I personally think it's the best style of parenting that respects your children, helps you to meet all the goals in a way that supports them holistically, preserves their self-image and their confidence and all that great stuff. And I'm still going to tell you to research other parenting styles. Familiarize yourself with authoritative parenting, authoritarian parenting, permissive parenting, gentle, intentional, all of that. Just look up parenting styles and familiarize yourself with it. Look at the approaches that the different ones have. Look at the scripts that the different ones have, because it is possible that you can pull something from from those. You don't have to adopt the whole parenting style, but they might offer you something that you're like, you know what, that actually really works for me as a parent. I feel more confident in that as a parent. And if you know your core values, you're going to know how to translate that to meet you at your core values with your child. You might see something where you're like, I actually think that would work for my child very well. So familiarize yourself with it so that you can kind of pull what you want from different styles that will best fit you and your child. And then number four is to be flexible and adaptable. Now, this is one that I see so many adults struggle with, yet we demand this of our children. We decide to come with a certain approach, a certain script, and we want our child to be flexible and adaptable in their ways in their preferences, in their frustrations, to adapt to what we want and are trying to do. I read this book. It said do this. You got to do this. I'm encouraging you as the parent to be the flexible one. And that might mean being flexible in something that may not really naturally be you, right? We're not all naturally playful. You can still create a game that does not require you to be over here shucking and jiving and entertaining your child. (laughs) Like, you don't have to put on the performance. You don't even have to be in there playing role play, dressing up with them. But you could create something where maybe all you got to do is count down. Maybe all you got to do is put on a timer. My children clean up very well when it comes to turning it into a game. Me, I'm tired. It's the end of the day. I don't want to play, but I can definitely time you to see if you can beat your last time from when you cleaned up. So there are ways for you to be flexible and adapt to the changes and the challenges and the ways in which your child learns best or cooperates best. And number five that you're going to do is you are going to seek advice and you're going to seek support. If you're here, you are already seeking advice. You are already seeking support. I want you to also lean on your village, lean on your family. You know, when I actually started this podcast, one thing that really resonated with me in my own parenting style, and I don't know how much I've talked about it before, but a lot of my parenting comes from a village of people. You know, I Y'all going to get to know me today a little bit. So in high school, my biological family had a rough patch financially. And so there was a portion of time where I got to live with different families. And in that time, I got to watch how different families approached parenting and approached each other. And there was so much that I learned from that. But it was from that support of different families it was one family where I learned the importance of sitting down at a table and eating together. And it was from that family that I learned how that improves academic scores. It was another family that I realized the importance of praying together. And so I pray with my family and I realize the importance of having that value for me. It was another family that I realized the importance of cleaning up a bathroom. Like that sounds obvious, but nobody in my life taught me to clean up a bathroom. Nobody pointed out to me that when I brush my hair, hair ends up on the floor, right? That family did. That mom in particular, Mama Barnum, if you listen and I love you, Mama Leslie, she's about 50, 11 people's mamas, right? Me and her, we share the same core values. We both believe in safety. We both believe in respect. We both believe in love. But let me tell you, she gonna tell you how it is. She's not messing around. She's not sugarcoating anything. And you know what? Because of her values and because we both have that value of love and care, she can say something to me exactly how she says it in any tone of voice. And I know that she's saying it to me because she loves me, because she respects me. And I'm going to throw in there and add consistency. Like in all of these things, we want to be consistent and authentic to ourselves because our children understand and can translate things. The same way our children learn languages is the same way they're going to learn our love language, our parenting language. When we are consistent in who we authentically are and when we are consistent in our values, it doesn't really I hesitate to say it doesn't matter our tone of voice. But you know that if you say something, if you are saying it with respect and love, you could say it in a deep voice. (laughs) You could say it in a harsh voice. At the end of the day, I know that you are actively loving me in how you're saying this. Mama Leslie, she's not letting me leave that bathroom until I clean up that hair on the floor. And there are some parents who might say, okay, we're going to clean. Why don't you come out here, have a snack? You could clean later, right? I think that's how people think gentle parenting is. No, she was gentle with me, but she was serious and firm that I better go clean up that bathroom before I come out here and try to have a snack. (laughs) And I knew that. And I knew that I needed to do that to respect her, to respect her house, to respect myself in how I show up as a person. But that was one person who of many, really showed me a different way that you can do things. And I love, I love taking my kids to her house. And they even say the five-year-olds will be like, oh, Mama Leslie, don't play. But they're also going to say, when are we going to Mama Leslie's house? Because they know that that's a place where they are going to be loved, cared for, where they're going to learn respect. But she and I say and do things very differently. Bottom line, at the end of the day, she and I have the same values. So again, I'm sharing this with you because I think a lot of times when in our search of how to parent our children, we try so hard to almost like imitate or copy someone else. And so it becomes really hard for us to implement these things because that's not how we do things. So I want to encourage you to like go through these five steps. Find your values. Find your authentic voice. Observe your child. Observe yourself. Know your child's temperament and your temperament. Be flexible and adaptable and seek advice and support from people so that you can approach parenting in your authentic way, in your authentic voice, in your strengths, but still at the end of the day, meet those goals of making sure that your child is emotionally, mentally, physically safe, that you are respecting your child, yourself, your space that you are loving your child and caring for your child and stop getting so caught up in like, this is how I have to say the script. When you know the destination, you find different routes to get there. And as long as you know that on each of those routes, that that route is safe, that that route has love, you can take that route. Now, if you have a route where you're like, Oh, I think there's a hazard light ahead. Maybe avoid that, right? (laughs) Like even when you use your GPS, they'll say hazard ahead, crash ahead, and you get to say, okay, still here or change my route. You as a parent get to do the same thing as you are navigating these highways of parenting. Look ahead for those accidents, for those hazard lights. Most likely these are coming up as past traumas, as inner child taking the wheel, right? But look for those hazards, look for those crashes, and then actively make the choice of whether you're going to still be here and come up on that crash, or if you're going to change your route. That's where that be flexible and adaptable comes. And random, I don't know if y'all notice, I keep saying root or route. I clearly don't know <laughs> how to say that word. So someone let me know if it is root or route. Again, I think it's one of those things where you can say it either way. They both work. You knew what I was talking about when I said it. So y'all, you know, I like to give homework. So your homework for today or for this week, when you get to it, there are actually surveys that you can take where you can fill them out and find out what your child's strengths are, what their frustrations are. You can find out what your strengths are and what your frustrations are in a tangible, visible way that will help you to know what is the best way for me to approach this style to help me reach these values and these goals? So, your homework is going to be to find one of those surveys and fill them out, one for you, one for your child, so that you can better get to know yourself, better get to know your child, so that you know which route is best for you to take on these parenting highways. And I'm gonna make it easy for you because I I have created these forms, right? In all of my parenting workshops, teaching workshops, this is how I start out, getting to know your strengths, your frustrations. So I've created that form and I'm gonna put it for you in our Google Classroom. We have a Parenting for the Culture podcast club. It is totally free. It's on Google Classroom. You can find the link in my bio on Instagram at Sharice Sims, or you can find the link right here in the show notes. But if you head over there, I'm going to put this homework assignment, this form, I'm going to put it right there in the Google Classroom so that you don't have to go search for one and find one and try to figure out which one is best for you. This one will work. The point of it is to just to get to know yourself and your child a little bit better so that you can better understand how do I best approach this. And I'm going to let you know, too, that with understanding their frustrations that actually helps you to know how to approach it because you can say oh if i approach it this way that's actually going to frustrate them let me stay away from that when you head over to the google classroom you're going to see what i'm talking about it's all laid out for you on that form so head over there join a community of parents who are all trying to navigate these highways a little bit better, avoiding traffic, avoiding those hazards. Join us there. And if ever you have any of your own parenting questions that we haven't addressed on the podcast, or maybe we're talking about it in the Parenting for the Culture Podcast Club, but you want a little more in depth in an episode, I want you to send those questions to podcasts with an S at blacklove.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at Sheree Sims, but I prefer that you send those questions via email to podcasts with an S at blacklove.com. And keep coming back, y'all. We are here every Thursday to navigate these highways together. So I thank you all who have continuously showed up and shared this podcast, who have left a rating. I thank you guys so much because it allows us to show up for more parents so that we can support more parents and build more community. And if this is your first time here, come back. Come back next week and every Thursday. I always look forward to connecting with you all. Peace, everybody, and happy parenting.